0: It's great to be with you today. Uh, This month we've been talking about the most important things that we should be thinking about and doing as Christians. We've touched on seeking first the kingdom of God, of praying and knowing Jesus better through the word of God. And today we're going to be talking about the call to witness, to share our faith, to speak about Jesus and why we believe in him. Now, when I saw my topic, I was a bit like, oh, this really isn't something that I feel that I'm strong on. Uh, I have to admit that. Uh, My main calling as a pastor is to the people already in the church to care for them and pray for them. But I really believe that God calls every single one of us to be witnesses. So I hope I'm gonna be an encouragement to you. I am not gonna give you tens of stories of crowds of people coming to faith through me, or of, you know, stopping someone in Sainsbury's and challenging them and them immediately uh, coming to faith, praying on the spot. But I do hope I will encourage you that every one of us can be a witness to Jesus. And I'm going to give you some ideas and thoughts about how you can grow in that. You know, Jesus, his last words to his disciples as he was ready to go to his father in heaven after his resurrection, he said this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And that is both a promise to us and a challenge to us that we can be equipped by the Holy Spirit to be witnesses, whether it's in Catford or Bromley, or in Lewisham or in London, and maybe a few of us will be called even to the ends of the earth. So let's talk about this. Let's look at the book of Matthew. We're gonna go to chapter four. It's right at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. He's calling his disciples to come and follow him. But he says right from the beginning, and then I'm gonna send you out. So we have that connection between both following Jesus and being a witness. So let's read from verse 12 of Matthew four. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets. Jesus called them and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and illness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the uh, Jordan followed him. Amen. So what is witness all about? Is it about individuals or crowds? Is it about words or actions? Is it about pointing out darkness or pointing to the light? Well, hopefully as we look at this passage, uh, these things will become clearer. So I think sometimes when we feel like we're no good at being a witness, it's because we feel, I couldn't witness to crowds. You know, I couldn't be an evangelist. I couldn't stand on the stage like Steve Tibber, our senior pastor, and proclaim the good news and see people respond in the moment and come to faith. Maybe you think, well, I couldn't be like some of the people in our church who go out on a Saturday morning into Lewisham and just talk to random st- strangers about Jesus or I couldn't be on Alpha team. I couldn't answer difficult questions about Christianity. So we kind of discount ourselves as witnesses. But actually, Jesus, he starts with individuals. He sees people, he loves everyone, and he goes towards them, and he makes an invitation to them, come and follow me. Jesus doesn't make them follow him, he just gives that call. To people. And as a witness, that, that's what we're meant to be doing. We're meant to be inviting people to come to Jesus. I love the fact that Jesus goes to people's workplace. He goes to the lake, to the fishermen, and he calls them there. And you know, there are many people around us, people that we love, you know, people that we know at work or at home in our family or in our neighborhood, that actually Jesus wants us to invite to get to know him. You know, sometimes we feel like we're the only person in our family who's a Christian, maybe you are, but that's not because you're special. That's not because you've earned that. It's not because God thought, oh, that person will make a wonderful Christian. I'll I'll invite them. No, God's heart is for everybody. He, He doesn't want anybody to die without the opportunity to know about Jesus. So he wants to to get to know our family and to work through them. I love the story of Matthew, which is later on in the Gospel. It's in Matthew 9. It's a very similar story. Jesus goes to Matthew. He's a tax collector, which, you know, those are the people that no one liked because they were in collaboration with the Romans. They defrauded people. They weren't a good bunch. And Jesus goes to Matthew and says to him, come, follow me. And in the very next verse, we read this. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. Jesus wasn't about kind of going to Matthew and kind of parachuting him out of his world and just saving him. No, Jesus wanted to to get into his his circle. Jesus wanted Matthew to open his door and host him and invite his friends and his circle to meet Jesus. And I'm sure that evening there was lots of discussion, eating and drinking and Jesus sharing with with his friends. Maybe he healed some of them, maybe he prayed for them. We, We don't know the details, but Jesus makes it very clear I've come for these people. I've come to invite them to follow me. Jesus calls you to be a host, to open the door and introduce your family, your circle of friends to Jesus. He he wants to work with you. So witnessing for most of us is about witnessing to individual people and introducing them to Jesus. Now some people say witnessing is all about what you say, the truth, it's telling people stuff. Others say it's all about being kind and demonstrating love and doing good works. I think it's a bit of both, isn't it? You know, there's no doubt that words are important. Jesus began proclaiming the kingdom of God, preaching and calling people to repent. Words are important, but they must be accompanied by loving actions. Jesus, wherever he went, reached out and healed people. He sat down and listened to people. He touched those who were on the edge and he welcomed them and accepted them. People felt loved when they met Jesus. And we must bring that love alongside any words that we use to share Jesus. You know, Jesus himself said in John 13, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So if you want to witness to your neighbors You need to be kind and loving on your street. You need to be the person that, you know, brings in bins that are scattered by the wind on the street. Uh, You shouldn't be the grumpy person in your road that's always moaning about parking and things like that. You need to become the go-to person that people know you will be kind and generous and helpful to others around you. We need to have a heart of compassion for the people that God has put us close to, where we live, in our family, in our workplace. But we do still need words. I think it's very sad when you go to a funeral or something like that, and you hear people talking about somebody, and they say, oh, he was just such a great guy. Oh, she was so kind, so helpful but somehow a connection hasn't been made between those those loving acts and the fact that the person is motivated by the love of Jesus to do those loving acts. Romans 10, where Paul is talking about the gospel being shared, he says this, how then can people, can they, call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And they, how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. As I said earlier, if we have decided to follow Jesus, we have also been sent to be witnesses. So we have to find ways uh, to express, to tell, to share, to witness through words. I think there are two ways that you can do that. And the first is having in your mind a way to share your story of how you came to believe in Jesus, how you moved from not caring about Jesus, not having faith in him, to actually following him. You know, if I was going to sum up my story, I would try and do it, you know, in a few sentences. I would say, well, I was brought up in a Christian home, I knew about faith I knew about Christianity, I believed in the historical Jesus, but as a teenager I I rebelled against that because it had begun to feel like just a list of do's and don'ts. And then one day um, I went to a service because outwardly I was still kind of pretending to be a Christian and a guy gave his testimony, he witnessed, and he told a story of his own life, how he had come to faith, and how God had broken the power of a number of addictions in his life, and how he had found freedom and joy and new life in Jesus. And as I heard his words, I thought, I want that, I want that, I want to follow that Jesus that brings life and hope and freedom to me. And so that evening, there and then, I said to God, look, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm far from you. I've reduced faith to just rules and regulations, but I really want to follow the living Jesus. Will you forgive me? Will you come into my life? Will you change me? And he did. That was the best decision I've ever made. And despite ups and downs, I really have never regretted that decision. That's my story. I wonder, could you sum up your story like that? You know, in, in, in a way that's authentic and true to who you are, using your own words, but could you share your story? But we have to go a bit further than that because the reality is I'm in my 60s. That happened when I was a teenager. So I need to be able to share what God is doing in my life right now. So that might go something like this. Well, actually, over Christmas and New Year, it's been actually quite challenging in my family. Um, My sister-in-law sadly passed away, and one of my aunties is seriously ill. And so sometimes I feel really sad about that. But you know what? In all the difficulties of life, I just know that God is faithful, and in those moments, I just go to him and I pray, And I lean into him and he encourages me and he comforts me. I really don't know how people who have no faith get through some of these challenging things in life because I have to lean into Jesus. And that's my story today. And so one of the challenges I would maybe give to you is spend some time thinking about if you had the opportunity, how would you share how you came to faith? And if you had the opportunity, how would you share what Jesus is doing in your life today and what he means to you today? Because if we're going to be witnesses, we need to be ready when the opportunity comes and not back off because we don't know what to say. Now, sometimes we are nervous, aren't we? And we we don't grab the opportunities because we think, oh gosh, they're gonna ask me some difficult questions about the Bible, they're gonna challenge me on controversial issues or theology. And sure, that, that can happen and we can all learn and grow, can't we, if we get into the Bible and maybe if we go along to Alpha or be part of the team, we can grow in how we explain those things. But just start where you are, just be true to where you are and just share what Jesus means to you, because no one can argue with that really, your own personal story of what Jesus has done in your life. And maybe if you get that far, you might want to say to the person, look, I don't have all the answers, but why don't you come along to Alpha? I'll I'll come with you and we can work on some of these things. You can bring your questions and doubts and we can talk about them in, in a relaxed, friendly way. And hopefully you'll get some answers to your questions. So let's witness through words and loving actions. Now, for some Christians, they act like witnessing is all about pointing to the darkness in people's lives. And we can get a reputation sometimes, can't we, as being a bit judgmental. And don't get me wrong, there is a place for pointing out truth and to um, exposing injustice and sin in our world. But we're called firstly to point to the light to point to Jesus. You know, Matthew quotes Isaiah in this passage in Matthew 4, and he says that, you know, people who are walking in darkness, the light came to them. And I feel our emphasis needs to be just showing them that Jesus is the light. He's the light of the world. He's come into the world to bring light and hope and to chase away the darkness. In this passage that Matthew is quoting, it's from Isaiah nine, and it goes on to talk about Jesus as being the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. He's the light of the world. He's he's someone we can point to. We, We can leave the Holy Spirit to work in people's hearts and lives and convict them of sin. And we can expect the Holy Spirit to illuminate Jesus and show that he is hope and grace and love. We need to bring the good news and not worry too much about um, pointing out people's sins. You know, I don't know if you've ever had to share with someone um, less than good news, you know, um, just ordinary things in life, you know, maybe your other half or the people you live with come home and they're looking forward to a slice of cake and you have to admit you ate the last piece. Or what about if you, like me, occasionally are a bit reckless when you park and you know you have to admit you've scratched the car yet again? Oh dear. I, I remember that um, one day when I was scurrying around getting the recycling ready, And I knew the bin lorry was coming soon. So I gathered up a load of papers and magazines from the table, put them in the box, put them out the front. The bin lorry came, went, everything was fine. Then later on in the day, William, my husband, said, oh, have you seen my Kindle? Uh, It was on the coffee table. And I had that horrible feeling. Oh, gosh, was it in that pile of magazines that I put in the recycling? Now, I didn't want to admit that at first, But I thought about it, I searched everywhere in the house, and eventually I had to come clean and say, I think I put it out with the recycling. It's horrible, isn't it, when we have to give bad news. And sometimes, you know, I think we act like talking about Jesus is bringing bad news. You know, we're a bit hesitant, we're a bit embarrassed. We feel almost apologetic for it. It's actually, Jesus is thoroughly good news. In contrast, I remember another time when my son, when he was living with us, and I knew that he had bought the engagement ring for his girlfriend, and he had it stashed away for several months, and we knew about it, and we were like, come on, when are you gonna ask her? And we couldn't wait for that moment to be able to celebrate and tell others and share the good news that they were planning a life together. That news was like bursting out of me. I was having to resist the urge to tell people and hint about it. We have the most incredible good news, that Jesus, the light of the world, has come to change our lives, to free us, to forgive us, to bring hope, to everyone. Now I know it is challenging and difficult sometimes. I mean Jesus himself in this passage in Matthew 4, he hears that his cousin John is in prison because he's been sharing the good news. And so Jesus knew that it would cost him something. He knew ultimately it would cost him his life to preach the good news. For most of us that is not Going to happen. We are just going to maybe have a few awkward moments or difficult questions. Jesus was determined. He immediately started preaching the gospel. Now he was wise too. He moved to a different area. Maybe he kind of sheltered himself a bit from Herod, who had imprisoned Jesus. And we do need to be wise when we share our faith. We need to think about the topics we discuss and and how we open conversations. There's nothing wrong with being wise, but we are called to keep witnessing. Jesus is the light of the world. He doesn't, didn't come into the world to condemn the world. He came into the world that through him, people might be saved. He didn't make people follow him. He didn't pressurize them Actually, he gently, gracefully loved and listened to people. He chose to lay down his life for people. He reached out and healed them that they might see that his words were genuine and that there was power in them. He took our punishment on himself on the cross so that we could be free of guilt and shame and know ourselves forgiven. We're called to be witnesses, and we're called to point to the light, Jesus, and he will do the changing in people's hearts. Maybe uh, you're a a follower of Jesus today and you've hesitated to witness. I would just encourage you, think about some of the things I've said. Rehearse your story. Think about what you could share with the people around you so that you can have the joy of your circle coming to know Jesus for themselves. And maybe today you're you're joining us, but you aren't a follower of Jesus. I would just encourage you, really ask questions. Is this good news? Who is Jesus? Maybe it's the right time for you to consider doing Alpha or asking one of your friends who is a Christian, what is this all about? The invitation is, is there for you today. Let's start witnessing. Let's t- go into this year uh, committed to talking about Jesus and showing what he's like. Let's pray. Lord God, I, I just pray uh, for my friends who, are joy- who have been listening to this and I pray, Lord God, that if they're followers of Jesus, that they will ask your Holy Spirit now to come and empower them to be witnesses. You promised to do that. And I just pray, Lord, that you will strengthen and encourage and motivate and, yeah, and bring people to a place where they just want to talk and show that who you are, Jesus, the light of the world. And if there's anybody here who yeah, just has questions, is far from God. I pray, Lord, even in this moment, they will decide to find out more about Jesus and who he is. Come Holy Spirit, we pray now. Amen.